Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith. Well, build a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. So welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says there are three stages to every work of God. First, it is the impossible then it is difficult, and then it is done. And joining me on today's show is Rita Hudgens. Now, having gone through trials and adversities, Rita is living proof that God works through all things for our good and his purposes. After 31 years of marriage, Rita found herself divorced, bankrupt, severely ill, and clinically depressed. However, God is the God of the impossible, and he showed Rita that she had the gifts and the talents that could help people and she slowly began a career as a coach and as a speaker where she helps people wake up to all that God has placed inside of them who they were originally designed to be. Now on today's show Rita is going to share that God wants to set you free to be who you were created to be. She's going to share how to be aware of the strengths that you have inside of you as well as the tools to help you grow in resilience and bounce back stronger than before. Welcome to the show, Rita. Why, thank you, Anne-Marie. It is such a privilege to be here. We were just talking about, um, you know, in the last show that we had that the Lord will often take you through valleys and trials and, and tribulations. And when he t- has taken you through those, you often then support others who are going through similar trials that you have walked through too. Would you say that that's where you find yourself today? Oh, absolutely. As I look back to the, I call it the dark night of my soul, but it wasn't a night. It went on for years. Um, I look back at that and I didn't think I could pull myself out. I just felt like God had forgotten me. And this was just, you know, part of my lot in life. And looking back and seeing how far he brought me and how he was there every step, even when I didn't believe it and even when I didn't feel his presence. Yeah. I love how you're going to unpack that for us because, as we said before we went live, there are many people who are going through some form of struggle, particularly with what's going on in the world. Um, There may be businesses who have had to close down. There may be businesses who may need to, to close down with things that are going on. So I know every one of us, whether it's a personal struggle or whether a professional or something to do with our business, we're going to learn from that. But just take me back to... The time you said, you know, there was a time that you were, you thought, you know, the Lord has forgotten me. I mean, what's going on? Hello, not, not, not are, you, are you listening to me, Lord? What happened that took you from kind of doubting that maybe even the Lord was listening to you, maybe even for some of us it's like, do you really love me, Lord, to hang on a minute, you know, he does. What happened through that time? And the reason I'm asking that is there may be someone who's going through that today and sometimes we miss miss it and I don't want them to miss it so what was that moment for you 
Yeah. Well, my dark night was so dark that I had stopped believing that I didn't stop believing in God. I just stopped believing that he was going to be there for me. And I was in such a deep depression. I remember I had gotten, I had saved up different prescriptions for sleeping pills and I had two bottles and I was in my bedroom just despair, absolute despair, panic, anxiety, depression. And my then, I believe he was about eight, my youngest son, he's 21 now, he was practicing for his junior black belt in karate. Mm -hmm. And so I could hear him in the other room. I had these pills here and I texted a pastor friend of mine and I said, well, God forgive me if I take these pills. And his answer was profound. He said, yes, Rita, God will forgive you, but you won't live out his purpose. You won't live out what he designed you to do. And that really was like a a piercing to my heart because I, I didn't want to disappoint God. I wanted to live out my purpose. And it was at that point that my son said, mommy, can you come and help me? Can you watch me do my katas while I'm practicing them? And it was at that point that I knew I had a purpose. My purpose might've been at that moment, just to go out there and be with my son. I didn't even see a bigger purpose at that point, but that was a turning point for me. It took me a couple of days before I threw, I flushed the pills down the toilet, but um, that was the turning point. God allowed those two people in my life. The pastor who texted me right away, he happened to be on his phone. And then my son who came and was looking for me. Yeah. What I love about that is that, you know, sometimes in the smallest of moments in, you know, having a conversation with your child and in whether it be a friend or whatever, we can often feel that that was so insignificant, yet it was so significant for them, Mm -hmm. wasn't it? It was external, your son. And then I'm sure through that um, and through supporting him and then obviously seeing him grow up, you realised, you know, through you being there, how much that also really started to to impact your life too. Did Was that something that you noticed as well? Oh, absolutely. And we have such a close relationship. I have a close relationship with all four of my kids, but my son was the one who, because he was the baby. So he was with me and um, just, we've grown very, very close in everything that we've gone through because he he knows what I've gone through. I know what he had to go through. And so it's amazing though just to see god in everything yeah and he would go to when he got a little older and would go to high school and was driving i'd walk him out and you know we do our little pinky you know touches and we pray outside and we still do that to this day and he's in college yeah i love that and you said you know we see god in everything even in the smallest of the the pinkies and we also, when we get stuck in our stuckness, we often see, we don't see, you know, God in anything. And then for me, you know, we, we've been in lockdown, but yesterday I walked past the front door and I saw this beautiful, you know, um, red sky for, for sunrise. 
And it's, you know, and even in birds chirping and even clouds in the sky, for me, I see see him in everything and how often we can let this go by. So let's talk about God wants to set you free to be who you are created to be. Obviously, really focusing on on the things that are not working well, that can keep us stuck. But what are some other insights you want to share here? This is so important for us to to recognize. Yeah, it's so important for people who are listening to understand God had an original design for all of us. Obviously, we live in this fallen world and things happen and there's sin. And so our his original design has been clouded and it's been, you know, it's gotten foggy, whether it's things that happen to us or stories that we started believing about ourselves, about life or about God. And so that's one of the things I absolutely love about coaching is coaching to me and studying um, through my certifications and my continuing ed and about neuroscience and positive psychology and how the brain works, everything points back to the Bible. God's word is true as a man thinketh, you know, how important our thoughts are in our belief system. Um, All of that is important to get us back to truth. And truth is the truth of God is so important because we have a tendency to believe lies about ourselves, the world, sometimes God, others. And so it's finding that truth again. Mm -hmm. Did you start to, um, you know, do your studies and and so forth in that that interim? So obviously after, you know, you you went into your son, um, was it, can you recall how long after that that you decided, you know what, I'm going to start to to do studies? What what, will take us back to that time? Because obviously through that, the Lord kind of directed you into that pathway as well. Mm-hmm. There were baby steps. And yeah. so I I had I knew I had to get healed because I was not going to be of any good to anyone if I was not healed. And I had been a stay-at-home mom for 31 years. So my everything was poured into my ch- my ex-husband's career and my children. Mm-hmm. And I homeschooled my children. So I taught them from, you know, the last child was the only one who went to high school. The other ones were homeschooled through high school. So I was totally displaced. Mm-hmm. And when you look at people that are in transition, I was in big transition, but I was also not at a healthy place, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So I started to recognize that I had to hit all three of those areas. I had to, and I broke it down, I have to spiritually start believing that God's mm-hmm. going to heal me and that God is good because I had, I was like Job and I had started questioning, you know, yes, God's good, but is he good to me? You know, I'm not worthy of God's goodness. So spiritually and then emotionally, I just continued to pray that God would heal me of my broken, damaged emotions. And then physically, because I I had so many illnesses, I had Lyme disease and chronic fatigue, Epstein-Barr, 
insomnia to where I, I didn't sleep for months. If I slept, it was maybe two or three hours. I was just a basket case. So one by one, I started addressing each and every one of those issues. I got into counseling and this was another God thing. My counselor recommended a doctor. I started seeing a naturopath. I had been seeing one before, but this one was a real turning point for me because he used high dose um, IVs, so high dose vitamin C and ozone, and so I, I started physically feeling better probably within two weeks after going to see him after probably three years of being sick. And that makes a huge difference, doesn't it? I mean, when you think of the human body and its in its intricacies, I mean, how can it not have some at creator? I mean, to me, I just cannot not believe in, in this this higher power, which of course we know is the Lord. Um, but it really does impact. So, you know, I love the way that you've kind of modeled for us that when you, you talked about healing, you looked at all parts of you, spiritually, emotionally, physically, because I'd imagine when you started to feel better, you know, that really impacted you positively to emotionally as well. It did. It did. The The physical was huge um, at that point. And then I started having to deal with my emotional. First thing I did was I got certified as a Pilates instructor because I thought, I'll go down that course. You know, yeah. I love exercise and it's helping people. But I realized there was something so much more. And someone had told me, gosh, Rita, you would make a great coach. And I said, What's a coach? All I just knew as like athletic coaches. Yes. And so I started doing my research and I started looking at different coaching schools. That's how I started that journey. But I was still dealing with emotional and just mental thoughts that were so defeating, um, limiting beliefs that I'm too old. I'm too old to learn about technology. You know, I'm too old to start a career. I was 50 through 50. Five, I think, when all of this was going on. And it was like, I, I just, I can't do this. So I had to, I had to coach myself before I even knew about coaching on how to get through that. And this is how one person makes a difference. And I don't even know this woman's name, but someone had told me about a woman who became a doctor in her 50s. So I Googled her. She had been a nurse prior, but still, um, I Googled her and I thought, if she can do it, I can, I can do something with my life. I can, you know, actually do something. And so, and I would have to Google to find out her name, but you know, one, one person can inspire us. Yeah, I love that. And when you think of some of the things, uh, you know, the, the the stories in the Bible, I mean, you know, Abraham and Sarah had a baby, you know, or she did at a, at a later age. And she even laughed, you know, when, when the angels came and visited her and the men and, and said, well, you're going to fall pregnant. Um, and I love that because the Lord often does, shows up in the most, you know, amazing of ways, but not that you may have even thought. And I loved that you didn't allow those negative thoughts to hold you back. Looking back, what did you do? Because our thoughts, and yesterday, well, yeah, yesterday I shared something, you know, it's often not who we're not that holds us back. It's who we think we're not. Mm -hmm. And as you've said, we've said, you know, God has created us to, to 
you know, for incredible things. But if we're not following that path to be able to grow and mature and, and that spiritually as well, of course, then we can only get so far. So what was it for you? Did you continue to read the Bible? Did you get support, prayer? I mean, all of those things are important. But was there anything that really stood out for you as being really integral? All of those things are very, very important. I think the biggest thing for me was realizing that our enemy is a master of deception and I didn't want to be deceived anymore. I wanted to seek truth. And through coaching and seeing, you know, what limiting beliefs really did to us and do to people, it's like, I don't want to be used by the enemy. God has so much more for me. And so that started the peeling away process of the limiting beliefs and just working on it's not about me. That was a huge turning point for me when I realized that God gives us strengths and he gives us skills and he gives us gifts, but they're not for us to say, oh, these are mine yeah. <laughs> to share with others. And yeah. that was, you know, that lines up with so many of my values because I love contributing into people's lives and making an impact and serving. And so realizing that the gifts that he has given me, if I don't use them, then mm-hmm. it's a disservice to what God has created me for and what his vision was. Or yeah. Yeah. That was a yeah, I love that. And I can't remember who it was, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, but um, she was saying that, you know, and, and even the Bible, it says kind of God's eye will look around the earth, will wander around the earth to say, who is ready for me? And it's almost like, well, when his eye passes by, there's no way that I want to miss out on it. You know, I'll, I'll say yes, don't know what for, but let's do that. I don't want to be, you know, missing out on knowing his, you know, plans or being part of those, which I love. And it's so true, isn't it? You know, when we think about discouragement, when we think about, well, depression, um, we, we think about that there is a way through and there is a way out. Yes, it's different timing for everyone. And, and, and sometimes it can be, well, just getting up in the morning, you know, but I think, you know, turning to the word, I mean, the, the words in the Bible, they are truth. They're the sword of the spirit, aren't they? And one of the things that you mentioned, and I know as Christians, we know this, we do not fight a battle in this world, physical world, it's we do a spiritual not. world. And that doubt and, and the lies, as you said, if we don't look at it as lies and, sh- sh- you know, use the, the sword of the spirit, the word, to speak truth over us, then that's going to be a continual wage. And obviously for you, you got to a stage to go, I'm not going to listen to this BS anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak the truth over me and the promises that I know that the Lord has in, in store. Share a little bit, if you would, please, about strengths, because obviously in that journey as well, and through that healing, you started to recognise through the ongoing studies and things that you did that there were certain strengths and gifts in you, and the Lord's now obviously using those. But for someone who may be at a stage in his her life kind of thinking um what are my strengths what are my gifts what what can you share that's a great question because people don't realize that they have strengths and i didn't realize it until i started coaching and even in that in that i started being so attracted to strengths because there's all different types of coaches there's business coaches there's transition coaches 
but I, the strengths, it's like they were calling my name. And strengths are, you can look at like your values and your va- our values are not our morals. Our values are our internal GPS. They are what we are naturally inclined to do, what we gravitate to. Some people have strengths, values of adventure. Some are catalysts. Some serve. Like I look at Mother Teresa and without ever meeting Mother Teresa, I can say Mother Teresa had a gift, a value of leadership, of service, and of faith. So those were her core values, and she lined her life up with those, whether it was a conscious decision or not. So our values are our strengths. And then there's character strengths, which are more of our virtues or our traits, things like kindness and honesty and perseverance. All of these things have been found by positive psychology, not to be confused with the positive thinking movement. Mm -hmm. The positive thinking movement is where you just think everything positive and you can buy these affirmations online and you say them and this happens. And what I'm referring, I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to the actual science of positive psychology. And there's more than three decades of research in positive psychology. And what it is, is what makes life worth living? What makes life meaningful? And it does address your values and your strengths as far as your traits and your skills, your talents the things that you're naturally gifted at and you develop those strengths and those talents and then they become strengths. So Mm. strengths have been a game changer, not only for me, but for my clients once they realize, oh, you know what? I need perspective here. Perspective is going to give me exactly what I need. Well, perspective is a strength that's been identified positive psychology. And so it's just tapping into these things that we have inside of us that we don't even realize that we do. That gives us confidence when we do face difficult circumstances. Yeah. We are facing these things. I think uh, in what you've just said too, it really highlights how we can keep ourselves stuck if we continue to look at what other people are doing. How often do we compare? You know, I remember years ago when I was doing some certifications around um, branding because I, I just love pe- helping people, you know, identify that that they're in it, what I call inner brilliance and to bring that out into the world. But what, what my coach then and mentor said, you know, do not get brand envy when you look at what other people are doing. And that's the same thing. You know, the Lord has made us all different. And thank goodness because if we were all carpenters or if we were all whatevers you know not nothing would get get done and you know we need each other in our communities don't we but in all seriousness we can often remain stuck because we are comparing but you're you know if you have the strength of being that shoulder having such compassion and empathy that, you know, someone can speak to you and share and and through your ability and, and strength be able to just be there and listen to people, that can be the difference between that person continuing to, to feel anxious 
or not, you know, and so don't discredit what the Lord has given you as a strength, you know, use it, leverage it to his glory, of course. Yes. Yes, so, yes of course, yeah. because we're, we're meant to work together and that's what our strengths and our gifts, yes, they do help us, but we want to be able to be the arms and feet of Christ yeah. and to be able to, to touch people's lives. Yeah. Let's talk about tools to help grow in resilience and to bounce back stronger than before. I mean, looking back now, I'm sure you probably don't even recognize the Rita that, you know, was, I mean, many, many years ago. So what are some of the tools you'd like to share and speak, so, you know, into the lives of others who may be struggling with, with something like the similar or maybe different, but still the emotion, you know, and where they're at in their life. They need some of these tools. Yeah, I love tools, tools. And I don't know how to use real tools like, you know, screwdrivers and those things. But these tools, uh, these psychology tools, they're just so very helpful. Um, I'm trying to think of one. Reframing is a great tool. So if someone thinks, um, gosh, this is just horrible. What's going on is just horrible. And then I'll say, okay. Can we neutralize that word horrible? Tell me about it. Well, it's just, you know, it's just really bad. And I said, okay, tell me more. So what ends up happening is they've gone from horrible to really bad to bad to I can come up with a plan for this. Mm. So reframing is something that's very, very easy to do. It's looking at your situation and thinking, can I come up with another word for this? Mm. So you're taking away a lot of the power that we think that word and that action and that thing is. Mm. Reframing is a great tool. Um, also, writing down, sometimes just writing down three adjectives about yourself. And this is really good for limiting beliefs when you think, oh, I can't do this. I'm not, I would say I'm too old. I'm this. Write down three things, three adjectives that you know are true about you. Maybe it's, I am kind, you know, I'm giving. So then what you're doing is you're working with the neuropsychology of your brain and you're starting to make new pathways in your brain. So you're focusing on those things that are truth. They're not affirmations that you saw in a book and you're trying to make them to be true you're mm. looking at what actually is true for you and you want to attach a story to that so if you feel like i'm i'm kind then you tell the story when was a story when you showed kind oh i remember when i was at the grocery store and that person didn't have enough money and i handed them a five dollar bill so mm. then have that story embedded in your mind. So here you have your belief, I am kind, and then you have a story to back it up. It's almost like you're presenting evidence in court. Yeah. Yes. That's another great tool to start rewiring your brain because mm -hmm. we have a negativity bias, and that is a true psychological phenomena. We put so much weight on things that are negative, more weight on those than they're positive. We could have three really great things happen to us in our day, and we have one bad thing, everything downward spirals to that bad thing. That's called the negativity bias. So a tool to combat that is to focus on 
what good happened today? And that brings in gratitude. And gratitude. Yeah, and that can take a little while, can't it, to get to a stage. I mean, if I think back to um, what, what, I mean, what I do now, if there's something negative going on, you might give yourself, you know, I say give myself five minutes and often now it's about three or even sooner. These are the things that I didn't, but I use that as a um, kind of a launch pad to go, right, each of those different things, what can I do differently? I mean, obviously pray into those, but it really is important. And and I love the way that you've, you've reminded us of how important, and it says in the Bible, renew your mind every morning because what goes in your mind is going to, it, it's going to impact everything. And so many of us don't realise that we're actually speaking real negativity over ourselves just mm-hmm. through what comes out of our mouth constantly and even being more mindful that's often where it starts start monitoring what are you actually speaking what mm-hmm. conversations are you around and allowing into you know your your mind because that can impact you as well can't it just being around mm-hmm. negativity all the time it sure can and the another scripture that comes to mind is to take every thought cap- captive and there and that's a war term that's a battle term to take every thought captive and so it's going back to those thoughts and starting to recognize those thoughts and i always tell people check to see what your default mode is because we can come up with a thought or a thought can we can get triggered we all automatically default to a thought and it may not be the best It may not be something that God wants us to think. So we have to start noticing. This is another tool. Press pause. If you're triggered and you feel that you've been triggered, whether it's fear, whether it's anger, whether it's judgment, stop. Visually see yourself pressing pause. Take a deep breath because it takes six seconds for stress hormones to abate. So when you wait those six seconds and you take a breath, you're actually working with the biochemistry of your body. So you are helping your mind and your body to calm down. And then you ask yourself, what's my default? What's my default thinking here? Oh, it's fear. You know, it's God's not going to come through or it's anger. You know, that was not right. It's having a victim mentality. So it's just slowing down, pressing pause and actually seeing what is behind this thought. Because if it is something that is there's no such thing as good or bad emotions. We can look at anger. We can look at disgust and we can look at sadness. But God gave us those emotions for a reason. You know, sadness is a part of grieving. You know, anger can be a part of some sort of injustice, something that is wrong, but it's using them and them not using us. Our positive emotions. Getting stuck in them. We do do not want to get stuck in them. We don't want to get stuck. That's it, it exactly. We want to be able to press pause and realize, okay, what am I feeling right now and why? Because our positive emotions are like an upward spiral and they open up and they broaden. Our negative emotions will bring us down. And we have to understand when to embrace, say, fear. Because if a lion was coming after us, we would want to use that fear to get out of the way. But if we're afraid of every single thing that fear has us, it's not use, it's not 
um, we're not embracing it. We yeah. are just becoming that instead of using it for what it was designed, for what God designed that to, that emotion yeah. for us. Yeah. And, you know, it, even in situations of, of real struggle, I mean, we're encouraged, praise, you know, thankful, be mm-hmm. thankful, even in those those moments. And often what I have found in, in those, those instances, whether I'm really sad or whether there's something really, you know, a struggle going uh, along, acknowledge it, but then just be thankful because you, you know that that's what we're encouraged to do. But you just feel your energy shifting, don't you? You really do. You really do because things go on inside of you at a biochemical level that shifts everything. So that's why it is so important to keep track of our energy because our energy fuels our motivation and our motivation fuels our behavior. And right now it's just rampant people because of the pandemic, because of other things going on, morale is down. People's energy is you know, depleted or blah or depressed. And so it's keeping track. And this is another tool. Since you asked for tools, I love tools. We could. That's a great idea. When you are feeling that your energy is starting to be depleted, you have to stop and ask yourself, okay, what am I in awe of? What makes me the happiest? What am I grateful for? So then what you're doing is you're starting to move the needle on that. And you may not get to your authentic energy, you know, that day. But what you've done is you've taken yourself out of here and you're starting to move back to what your authentic energy is. Yeah. You know, we can be our own worst enemy in that that sense. I mean, and you've got to be mindful, don't you, as individuals. What are you going through? Our emotions can, and that's why we have the, the words, the expressions, you, you know, feeling really heavy. Our emotions can be really heavy. And in times of stress, we have to give ourselves, um, I, don't, I don't know where I heard this from, but I often say this, you know, the space and grace to rest you know what we do with that rest pray about it put music you know worship music around that that's my weapon prayer and worship music but you know sometimes i'll just sit in the in a couch and go lord i just need to to rest but i'm Mm -hmm. praising you anyway you know no matter what's going on and we need to do that we just need to do that and i think sometimes pushing ourselves or even because what the enemy will do, well, you need to rest. Then you have guilt or, you know, I don't, and any time guilt, I decided years ago, Rita, that guilt was a wasted emotion. I'm not going to have guilt anymore because I've got an option. What is it? Can I do something better? Do I need to ask for forgiveness? What is it? Let's move mm-hmm. on. So not getting right. stuck. But it's a good reminder for us to be mindful of the secondary emotions that can kind of come on there. We don't want to be adding to, to our baggage. But again, the tools that you shared with us um, can certainly help us. What would be one last insight that you would want to share with people today who may be struggling with with something that's gone on in their lives and they they need to uh, to bounce back from whatever that situation is? What's one last insight? One last insight is my tagline, and that's, you know, three works of God. God goes from impossible to difficult to done. And that 
a pastor had shared that with me years and years ago and I remembered it. And so for listeners who are thinking, gosh, this is just so impossible because these are difficult times. Mm. It's, it's going back. Oh, we serve a God of the impossible. So this can, God can handle, I cannot handle the impossible. God can. And so that's what I encourage people right now who are going through difficult times is to always put it back. Yeah, this does look impossible, but God is the God of the impossible and everything goes back to him. That's how I get out of when I start getting anxious, when I start thinking of what it's, it's like God is so much bigger than all of yeah. It's so true, isn't it? It is so true. Rita, how can people get uh, to connect with you further? How can they find out more about the work you do? Yes. Um, my website would probably be the best place, and it's transformuniversity.net, like a fishing net. And I have tons of free resources there for people. That There's tools. There's blogs. I have free downloads. I created a crisis kit during our first lockdown in the States back in March. We've had kind of two. Yeah, I, I lose track. <laughs> Each day is different. <laughs> but um, I created a crisis kit and it's all based on science and some exercises to ground yourself, some breathing exercises to find that peace and to find calm. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, go to the website that Rita mentioned, and I'm sure um, you'll be able to find access there. Rita, I always like to finish the show with a word of prayer. May I do that for you? And those Absolutely. Today? All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for, for the opportunity to speak with Rita and for her sharing her journey and her testimony. Lord, you know, uh, thank you so much that um, you really, as she leaned into you, that you healed her, that uh, and not only healed her, Lord, but was able to reveal the, the strengths and the talents and the gifts that you had placed in her now and that she can now support others who may be struggling with the same thing. Father, as we mentioned on the show, you know, there's many of us around the world who are really faced with difficult decisions, things that, you know, have happened because of uh, COVID and because of the crisis, thinking, you know, what next? Uh, and so uncertain about their future. But whilst we may be uncertain, of our future. One thing that we do know is who holds our future, and that is you, Lord. And so let us lean into you. Let us go to your word. Let us pray um, for guidance, for wisdom and insights. Father, you've got so many incredible ideas, and we just need to, to be willing to be still, be still and know that I am God, and uh, that we find comfort and and real peace that we know that is only possible in Jesus. So we just want to pray for those who really are struggling. Father, um, will you be the peace and comfort that we know you are to us? Father, we love you and uh, we just thank you for this opportunity to spend some time in fellowship uh, with Rita today and we ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Rita, for coming on the show. I'm always thank blessed. You by uh, each and every one of my guests and I certainly was with you as well and um, yeah let's let's keep sharing it's so important as as we said there's so many of us but you know in that uncertainty we know that there's such certainty um, and hope in in our Lord so thanks once again for coming on the show thank you Anne Maria is my privilege thank you for having me take care You've been listening to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. 
Stand out. Be heard. Influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training.